Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 69 of the Turn of Raises podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by, well, some of you, because we're doing another suggestion episode. I received several suggestions from a handful of toppers, and for that, I'm grateful. In fact, I received enough to make two episodes, especially since I'm aiming for slightly shorter episodes right now to avoid any breaks with the move. Which, as of the date this episode drops, I'll be right smack dab in the middle of. So hopefully y'all won't mind, but I'm splitting the suggestions in two, and we'll hear the rest next week. Okay, I've rambled on enough, so I'd suggest we get right to it and learn today's phrases, origins, history, and more. First up, we have lightning never strikes twice. This one means that something, most often a bad thing, is unlikely to happen more than once. This one came to me through a Twitter conversation between Richard and Moxie, also known as Lost the Plot 235 and the host of Your Brain on Facts, respectively. Y'all, I love me some Your Brain on Facts, and you should totally listen, if you don't already, and you could check out Richard's Twitter as well. So where did this idiom come from? Its full version is Lightning Never Strikes the Same Place Twice which is a little bit more wordy, so I can understand why it's been shortened over the years. Full-on big, hit-the-ground kind of lightning strikes aren't seen too often, which led to the idea behind this idiom. Especially in old-timey times, folks assumed that because they didn't see lightning much, it was rare. Because of this, they believed that it was impossible for it to hit the same place twice. As far as being used idiomatically, it had to be in use by the mid-19th century. It was in the Melbourne Daily News, a newspaper from Melbourne, Australia. In an article from June of 1851, we find, quote, Lightning never strikes but once in the same place. End quote. But is this idiom true? Does lightning ever strike something more than once? Sorry, idiom but you're wrong. About a hundred lightning bolts hits the Earth every second. That means Earth is hit by lightning about eight million times a day, and three billion times a year. That means lightning's hitting the Earth an awful lot, and there's no way that a place that's already been struck could avoid getting struck again. In fact, the lightning rod on the Empire State Building gets hit anywhere from 25 to 100 times a year. So, yeah, This idiom, while popular, is totally false. Now, let's suffer some fools. The next suggestion came from my mom, so, hi mom. She suggested suffer fools gladly. This is also sometimes said as suffering fools, and can also be said as to not suffer fools gladly. However you want to say it, it's used to describe someone who is either intolerant or impatient with someone that they see as less intelligent than them. For this origin, we must once again go to the Bible. 
It's first found in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 19, which says, For ye suffer fools gladly, seeing ye yourselves are wise. For timeline purposes, 2 Corinthians is believed to have been written around the year 55 AD. Paul, the author, is actually being sarcastic and is calling people out for surrounding themselves with people that they think are less wise so that they can appear wiser. Over time, this phrase has slowly morphed into a backhanded compliment, used to tell someone you think they're really smart. The backhanded part is that you're basically saying they're so smart they can't handle being around people who aren't as smart. So, in a way, you're still kind of calling them a jerk. Since its origin and first use in print are one and the same, let's move on and be pirates. Kim from the People Are Wild podcast asked me about the pirate phrase, Shiver Me Timbers. This is another great podcast that I highly recommend. So what does this one mean? It's used as an exclamation of shock, fear, surprise, annoyance, or anything along those lines. It's sometimes used mockingly as well, basically to feign one of those emotions. Before we move on, you need to know that another word for splinter is shiver. Back in old-timey times, big ships were all made completely out of wood. If you hit a giant wood ship with a cannonball, you're going to make some splinters, also known as shivers. Since having your ship hit with a cannonball could lead to surprise, fear, etc., this makes sense. Another nautical usage comes from how ships rise and fall with the ocean. A big wave could make the whole boat shake, or in other words, shiver the timbers that the boat is built from. This is another thing that could bring about feelings of shock, fear, and more, so it fits too. I guess the real question is this. Did pirates say it? At least one did, although he's probably more well-known for being on the page than on the high seas. Long John Silver was the featured pirate in Treasure Island, written by Scottish author Robert Louis Stevenson in 1883. Long John Silver said Shiver Me Timbers seven times in the book. This is probably one of the most popular uses, but it's not the first. Nearly 50 years earlier, in 1835, Frederick Marriott, a Royal Navy officer and novelist, wrote Jacob Faithful and included the phrase in this story. The Oxford English Dictionary claims that this is likely the first use in writing, but I found an older one. In 1795, a serial publication called Tomahawk, or Censor General, includes the following in it, stating that it's the words of an old sailor. Quote, peace, shiver my timbers, what a noise ye make. Ye seem to be fonder of peace than ye be of quiet. End quote. Since this quote is attributed to an old sailor, I suppose it could be something a pirate would say, but it's a bit ambiguous. It boils down to this. There's no record I could find to prove any specific pirate said shiver me timbers. However, it's definitely a nautical term, and pirates would have been sailing the open sea during the time it seems to appear in the vernacular. So nothing proves they said it, but nothing proves that they didn't, either. 
so shiver-me timbers most definitely could have been heard on pirate ships. Now, let's visit the animal kingdom. Kate, over at Strange Animals Podcast, suggested the bee's knees and the cat's pajamas, which is good because they're kind of connected and go together well. I'll get to that in a moment, but first, this is another podcast that, yes, I highly recommend. So, the bee's knees is typically used to say that something is excellent, which is strange because in 1797, the Oxford English Dictionary listed bee's knees as a way to say something is small or insignificant. That kind of makes sense, as an actual bee's knee would be quite small. So, how did this phrase do a 180? Well, actually, it was largely in part to the saying the cat's pajamas, and others like it. So, let's take a detour and look at the feline phrase, then we'll come back full circle to the bees. In the 1920s, flappers began taking over the country. A flapper was a woman who defied conventional ideas of what a woman should do, mainly by going out to do things she enjoyed, rather than staying at home as expected. They dressed more for comfort than for show, went out dancing, and just all around tried to enjoy life. Another name for flappers was cats. And while this can't be proven with 100% certainty, that may be because of a publicity stunt performed by a woman whose name has been lost to history. According to the New York Times, in 1922, this mystery woman marched down Fifth Avenue, wearing yellow silk pajamas. She had with her four cats, who were also wearing yellow pajamas. As far as being in print, it's thought that we can thank an American cartoonist named Thomas Dorgan. His most popular comic was one called Indoor Sports, through which he's believed to have coined words and phrases and made many others popular. He used the cat's pajamas in his comic. Between these two things, and the overall changes that were happening, it became common to combine animals with clothing or body parts to describe cool things. Besides the cat's pajamas, a few others were the cat's whiskers, the eel's ankle, the flea's eyebrow, and the elephant's instep. And yes, the bee's knees was one of these phrases. So, once cats put on pajamas, they inadvertently helped to make the little tiny bee knee much cooler. Before moving on, I wondered, do bees even have knees? Kind of. They aren't exactly the same as a human knee, but bees do have a segmented leg that bends at a joint. Sort of like a knee. And with that, it's time for today's familiar quotation. Toppers, today's familiar quotation is from Robert Baden-Powell. Here's what he had to say about suggestions. Quote, A man carries out suggestions the more wholeheartedly when he understands their aim. End quote. Thank you, Mr. Baden-Powell, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words, love advice from old-timey times. Just a quick disclaimer, remember that this advice is over 100 years old. 
While some of the advice is still good today, I don't necessarily agree with every tip I read from these books. It's for entertainment purposes only. With that out of the way, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't tell all your women friends of your husband's faults, but don't din his perfections into the ears of every woman you meet. Be satisfied to enjoy them. And now for the men. Don't always refuse to go shopping with your wife. Of course it's a nuisance, but sometimes she honestly wants your advice, and you ought to be pleased to give it. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for episode 69. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, how to send me topic suggestions, how to support the podcast, and for details about the music I use in the show. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. If you want bonus stuff, check out my Patreon page. There's a link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers. Keep those suggestions coming. Toodaloo! And now... This is... Let me rephrase. Or in other words... <laughs> I wrote woods, meant words, but it's kind of a funny typo. Because I'm talking about wood. Okay, let's move on. So, Shiver Me Timbers could most definitely have been... Se- mm, nope. Well, actually, actually, it's so dumb. That may be because of a publicity.